One, two, three. And we're going Test. in, we're going in, we're going. Oh, man. Oh, man. Welcome to the Above the Fold podcast, uh, episode 15. My name is Josh. My name is Bree. <laughs> We're so Sorry. excited. I'll stop it, but really. It's hard to contain our excitement because we have another special guest this week, two weeks in a row. This week it We're is on a record on a record streak here. Record uh, streak. Tony Tandeski is joining us. Uh, he'll be here later to talk about his career path change, um, mm-hmm. career change. I don't know what we're going to title the episode quite yet. Career pivot. That would be the mm-hmm. techie way to. You know, oh, an old wise man always says that people change their career like ten times in their life. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? It is. Well, Tony will have talked about one of those times out mm-hmm. of the nine. So it's okay. Between the three of us, career. 30 times yeah. we'll have changed our careers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that's really exciting. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a couple weeks ago, we saw a, a woman, a famous woman mm-hmm. by the name of Anna Gasteyer. Yes. Uh, if you're not familiar... Uh, Anna Gasteyer was on the program Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. based out of New York City. It's a live show on Saturday nights uh, for six seasons. She was in the mid '90s. Wow! I remember reading you it on read the, her the, the Wikipedia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Bree and I went to that. Uh, she has, so we weren't quite sure what it was until we kind of showed up. But it is a actually a jazz. Yeah, she's a jazz singer, jazz musician, and she actually travels and sings a, a set of jazz music. Of course, she does, you know, do comedy and has really funny in her, you know, in between mm-hmm. monologue things that she does. But, um, she yeah, was good. she was very good. What did you think about the crowd there, Brie? Well, you know. Um, I'm I'm really trying to step outside of what I normally do on the weekends, and hanging out with people twice my age is one of those things. <laughs> so um, we were quite young. I yes. would describe uh, taking a look at everybody. Um, we were very young. I yeah, and I guess they were like people that could be our parents or even our grandparents. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it because of the jazz that draw, drew them in? Because she, must have been. You wouldn't normally associate the mid '90s SNL cast to be their like their demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was the Adam Sandler, uh, early Will Ferrell era. Um, yeah. That you wouldn't think people my parents' age would particularly yeah. be in, t- in tune with, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was a great crowd, full house. Really full house. Uh, we got a table right up near the front of the stage and. Yeah, I mean, we were like two feet away from her. Yeah. And I just, I really wanted her to touch me. She didn't, <laughs> so but I was very close. Really extending my right shoulder. Yeah. Just ever so. <laughs> ever so. Effortlessly. She did a, a, a bit where she walked around the audience scouting for uh, suitable young men mm-hmm. uh, with her glasses on and. Finding she, out people's clout scores and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. She was very in tune with social media. Mm-hmm. So, uh, unfortunately, she did not hit me up. Um, no, no. She didn't check your clothing tag. She did not. Um, I thought it was interesting. She said she, her parents or her kin folk, uh, was this a specific term, went to Iowa State, so she's been up to Ames a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. she's familiar with the Des Moines she's, area. Yeah, Midwest, went to Northwestern University, studied 
or was like a vocal major and yeah. then switched to theater. Yep, yep. We learned so much from we her. We did. Uh, she'd even made a wisecrack about come and go and the spelling of that, mm-hmm. uh, as any outsider tends to do. So, yes. you know, mm-hmm. she's a true Iowan visitor now. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, let's introduce our guest. Yeah, let's do it. Hailing from a place in Iowa and then a place in uh, a different s- state for a while and then back to Iowa, Tony Tandeski. Oh, hello there. Just checking my cloud score. Oh, yeah. what, what, what is, is your cloud uh, score? I believe I'm 56 now. Five six. Crap, Tony. That is actually pretty good, right? I wonder what mine is. I need some better perks. Clamp.com. Uh, Forty-five. Forty-five. Oh, How is it even there? I don't know. I thought I was like at twenty-five. You have I'm pretty popular. Lots of tweets it just about means that I'm going places. Mm-hmm. All right. Tony works as a web developer in Happy Medium, and he has also had a background in TV broadcasting journalism. I which have, we will yes. talk about. Tony, do you want to just kind of t- t- tell the old uh, listeners your story and what you do now and all that, what your social security sure. number is and stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the social security. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Uh, 481. No, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm going to stop. But, uh, yeah, I went to, uh, I come from Eldridge, Iowa in eastern Iowa and then uh, went to Drake University for mass communications before Moving out to California for two years, Green Bay for four and a half, and right back here to Des Moines, where wow. I'm a web developer, as wow. Josh said. Very cool. That's a lot of moving and shaking. It is, say. yes. Drake, it off. Drake Bulldogs. Um, did you attend the, the, the basketball team's out events, as they say, the games? The games, mm-hmm. yes. Well, when I when I was in school, yes, uh-huh. I, they, they don't have such a good <laughs> did you like winning the record. Games? They did back then. They got really good yeah. there for a yeah. while, didn't they? Yes. Well, no, I'm thinking of you and I. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll leave for Oak Mesh. Um, but uh, Tony's a big Green Bay Packers fan. I am. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. love Green Bay. A uh, little Good bit of a downer up. with them um, having not advanced to the Super Bowl. Uh, yes. Of course, by the time you yeah. listen to this, the Super Bowl will have happened. Yes. But. Um, Tony even gave me a uh, bottle opener, a Green Bay bottle opener, so, keychain yes, thing. Yes, trying to convert you. I well, literally, it's my only fan alliance because you know Bree's family's pretty into the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. I don't follow NFL at all except for now the Green Bay Packers. Yes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you'll have to from now on. Uh, I learned that Aaron Rodgers, uh, his strength is getting out of the pocket when he's okay. under pressure yes. and scrambling and, and, you know, forcing the, either I run Josh, with the ball. those or... are all technical terms that I don't think our audience really is going to follow. So um, in football. Would you mind going, yeah, back, back to square one and just. So start. there's a pocket. Uh-huh. Now think of a jean pocket. Yeah. Like you keep coins. Front or back? Or? Well, back. Okay, coins right. and, yeah. uh, you know, wallets and keys. Well, in football, there's a pocket where the quarterback is, and it's surrounded by linemen. And you sit in this pocket that just naturally forms around the quarterback as as they prevent people from coming in. True. Aaron Rodgers runs out of it mm-hmm. uh, if it starts to collapse, uh, meaning he doesn't want to get tackled. So he runs, and he can either throw it or he can run up really fast And because and, everyone's back in pass defense. They can't stop him from getting a first down. I mean, speaking of career pivoting, ESPN on the horizon right here. And yeah, now we're looking at a sports uh, first down. That's <laughs> my sports. We're actually talking baseball right baseball. now. Baseball. <laughs> oh, this isn't soccer? Uh, Aaron hurt his leg, right? He did, yes. It's calf. Calf. So, it's calf. 
Gotta watch baby out for couch. Yeah. And so that prevented him from being super fast, but I don't know if that actually came into effect in the actual I don't game think or so. not. It's just yeah. a, Seattle is just better. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Well, that's football for you. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other teams that you like to watch? Not really. I mean, just the the Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball, I'm unaffiliated. So if anyone wants to try to convert me to their team, feel yeah. free. Do you mm-hmm. like baseball? I do. Okay. Yes. I'm, that's more of a an in-person sort of thing. Yeah. You can't watch on, it on TV. On TV, it gets a little boring sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'll always go to a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. iCubs. Let's say iCubs. iCubs, yeah. yeah. The local Des Moines team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy Medium has an annual iCubs outing. Perfect. You have yet to experience, but it's, it's fun. been a little cold for that. Yeah. 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 We just go over to the diamond. We just sit there, mm-hmm. the ball diamond, and run the bases. Yeah, it's winter. I mean, they, no one's there, but just us. And it's bonding. So, yeah. I'm just kidding. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. How about it? Should we? Uh, so some sports, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe take a quick break and come back with Tony. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about uh, career path changes. So stick around. Hi, welcome to Mike's Soup, Cup, or Bowl. How may I help you this day? Hi, I love some of your award-winning soup. Ah, yes. Wait, what? Some soup, please. The award-winning flavor. Okay, well, we aren't award-winning. I mean, not award-winning yet. I I can't seem to win any awards for my soup. All right, I'll get out of here then. I only eat foods that have won awards. It's my religion. Holy crap, woman. You can't judge my soup based on whether or not it's won an award. Now, cup or bowl, what will it be? I won't have it. Spider-Woman, I won't be judged. Did you just call me a name? Maybe I did, but what'll you do about it? Just have a soup. Can I have a sample? Sure, here you go. Oh, so hot! Well, it's my fresh soup. Mike's Soup Cup or Bowl. Not award-winning. Very hot. So fresh. And welcome back to Above the Fold Podcast. We are seated here today with Tony Tandetsky. Career change mogul yes and he's going to tell us all about that later on in the podcast but something he did recently was go to the book of mormon here in des moines at the civic center uh as did we and Mm -hmm. now let's talk about that thing okay yes what What, did you think i mean i loved it i loved it i I don't know what you guys thought but we did yeah had you seen it before never i heard the music so i was sort of prepared for that which i feel like you you need to be not to ruin any surprises for anybody out there but yeah i had listened to the music a couple times through before brie hadn't i hadn't so a complete shock for you Mm -hmm. yeah but uh loved it loved the music was laughing a lot Mm -hmm. it's probably my favorite musical Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i i probably it is probably my favorite musical too it's i never once during the the whole thing thought oh man i'm kind of bored or like there weren't any long stretches of dialogue where i was like i can't wait to hear this next song it was always just like song after song after song yes can't say that about a lot of, of musicals i think some of them just kind of have their lulls mm-hmm. but this one was just lols mm. <laughs> lols the whole time a good one <laughs> uh, i'm done for the day <laughs> out of here what was your favorite song everybody mm. i go first yeah. okay okay um I well, I really like the song "Baptize Me," and I I also like the song "I Believe." I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys say it at the same time. One, two. 
I believe. Baptize me. Oh, oh so a mix? <laughs> a mix of all of them. So a mashup? Uh, yeah. Well, baptize me is really funny. Yes. Um, I believe we were singing that at work the other day. I Yeah, cranked yeah. it up on our old PA system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good one to sing in the office. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, two by two has been stuck in my head a little bit. Uh, and, hmm. I am Africa gets stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. I always have Hasadiga Ibawai in my head. <laughs> Watch your mouth, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought the performances were quite good. Uh, we were seated so far back, and with my eyesight, I couldn't make out the picture of people's faces. Uh, the, uh, I, and we were like halfway back. So. Yeah. Um, their facial acting was, I'm not sure. I can't. I would say it was on that. point. On point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, From what I could see. We really liked the um, the Josh Gad. <laughs> What's his real? Uh, Elder Cunningham? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really good. He was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, whatever that actor's name was that mm-hmm. did this traveling Broadway. Yeah. yeah it's his first yes. tour, too. Yeah. First, that, what a guy. He was He's really got a bright good. future. Yeah. Uh, and then Andrew Reynolds's character did good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to sum it up, I think we thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, go see it at your local uh, your local civic center. Uh, coming to you soon. And that's an order. It's a paid advertisement. Next thing we're going to talk about is something that comes along in every person's life when you need a place to live. This is not an apartment. This is not a condo. This is a house. Tony is currently hunting in process. For one. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's what's going on with that? Just starting the process. Mm-hmm. I met with a real nice realtor the mm-hmm. other day. Uh, that Katie Stocking, our uh, founder and owner of Happy Medium, recommended. Mm-hmm. She was very helpful. So now I'm just sort of in the process of looking. It's fun when you start off and. You see all sorts of houses. Today uh, we went out and I saw everything from under a hundred grand to three hundred plus, mm-hmm. and very interesting. Yes. So all of them have their quirks. Yeah. When you start, are you looking for neighborhood? Are you looking for price or features? I kind of started with price, but now I realize how important neighborhood is. Yeah, really? Uh, yeah. Because you, I mean, if you don't want to live in the neighborhood, then the house could be perfect and you wouldn't want it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're kind of kind of looking in the older neighborhoods, south of Grand, Beaverdale, Ingersoll area, um, those sort of areas. Cool. Seeing what we find. Mm-hmm. Nothing stands out so far. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But so far, it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. We had started looking. and On the internet. On the internet. And we went to one open house uh, about an hour late. Mm-hmm. One night, <laughs> and it was closed. <laughs> you so didn't we... know that they end at like four yeah, or five. We're and... such noobs. <laughs> we drove out way south of town, like coming, coming. Yeah, the house was locked. Nobody was there. I, I looked through the window, and then we left. We we threw a rock through the window and said, "No, no, not this one." Those windows didn't help hold up. So no, not no, buying this. Not one. buying this piece of crap. Uh, but we decided we're gonna hold off maybe find an apartment for a while or maybe find something bigger too mm-hmm. we're getting married this fall mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on yeah uh big time one thing we weren't sure of like do you go out and you apply for a mortgage first and then look is that 
what defines your boundaries for the search or do you go I mean, find there, a place you like? That's helpful. There's plenty of tools online like Zillow and Trulia and even individual brokerages and stuff have different calculators online to give you a sort of estimate. And then, yeah, I usually go to different lenders. I haven't done that step in the process yet, but mm -hmm. uh, that will give you a more exact range that you can look in. Hmm. 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 Huh. Fun fact. Huh. Yes. <laughs> Who knew? Cool. Cool. Well, I can't wait for the day that we can do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It'll be very exciting. Are mm -hmm. you going to get a fenced-in backyard? I mean, that's sort of a priority. Yeah, isn't it? Yes. It is the highest of priorities on mm -hmm. because of the dog. Yeah, tell Bree about your dog. I have a miniature schnauzer. Yeah. His name is Chase, C-H-A-C-E. Oh. Yeah, he's a California boy, so. Chase. Yeah, he's California moved around the country with me. Good. Yeah. Best friend. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm He's currently on vacation, so he is by on vacation. Took some time off from work? <laughs> yeah. or? Okay. He did. Got it. I so just need We all break, need time man. off. Yeah, he probably needed a break from me. He's with the, I don't know, do you do you call the my parents his grandparents? And some people are very into that, sure. you mm -hmm. know, personifying their, their pets and mm -hmm. their children. family members. But I don't know what that makes my parents' dog. Is that your brother? Is that my sister? Sister, brother. <laughs> Um, adopted really sister. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, be your sister. <laughs> so that's Chase's aunt. Is that how that goes? <laughs> it's getting sort of weird. Well, yeah. Have you done now. the pedigrees or you looked into that at all? Chase Chase does have a very nice pedigree. Mm -hmm. He could be a show dog if he wanted to be. Wow. He told me once he chose not to. Mm -hmm. He wants to live the, the under the radar life. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. He's a humble dog. <laughs> well, speaking of animals, I'd like to. <laughs> Just transition. really get us into our first segment here. And this segment is a, is a brand new one we thought of just about two minutes ago. And this is called, What Animal Am I Mimicking? So the rules of this uh, segment are someone mimics an animal and you have to guess what it is. Yeah. Before anything else can continue. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I volunteer you go first. Okay. You're going to volunteer me? Mm-hmm. Okay. This Hunger Games, it's like the reaping. <laughs> okay, so I should think of an animal first. See, that's my problem. I have one if you want me to go. Okay. Okay. Is that a dog? Mm -hmm. Is that a horse? Mm-mm. Is it a cow? No. An old man sneezing. Close. <laughs> no. A wild boar. Is that a That's it. That's what I was going for. Oh. Mm -hmm. Wild boar. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. One down. Two to go. Okay. Are you ready? I think I have my animal figured out now. And a one, two, go. Is it a pig? No. Uh, a, a squirrel. Uh, dog licking bowl of water. No. Oh. Bat. I have a. I have. I'm interacting with something. Okay. Oh. 
hamster. No. Hamster. No. Gerbil? Okay, do you give up? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, I was a raccoon eating some trash. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That was really good. (laughs) Tony? Uh, Oh, man. Top that? (laughs) I know. I feel like I need to change my animal now. I don't don't even know. Um, This is so difficult. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I bet this is great for people listening. Yes. Um, (laughs) Just a crunchy noise in the background. A squirrel eating a cracker. Uh... Are you an elephant? <laughs> well, I'm not an elephant. Um, maybe I can throw some like. A fish? If you're getting close. Are you a, a whale? Yes. Yes. Hey. I didn't specify a kind. Nice. I mean, I hope yeah. the whale community is not offended. Yeah. Whale community. I probably just murdered their language. But. I was channeling my inner Dory. Mm-hmm. Anyone mm-hmm. finding Nemo? Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. She's an excellent whale impersonator. Very yeah. nice. Well, that's been One Animal Am I Mimicking? A uh, new segment on Above the Fold podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, next time you'll hear that is probably six months from now. Okay. Hey, let's take our last break of this episode 15 and then come back and talk about our careers okay. and our pathways. And the changes. <laughs> You're listening to Above the Fold podcast. Hi, my name is Frank Jackson. I've paid for a promotional spot on today's fine radio program to implore you to stop using my name in everyday conversation. Here's an example. How do I look in this dress? To be frank, Allison, it is inappropriate to the nth degree. I can see things spilling out of you. Have you heard? Uh, Did someone say my name over here? No, Frank, would you just sit down and talk into oh, Allison gosh, about what she's darn wearing? It. You hear that? Can you imagine how annoying it is to hear that every single day? What do you think of our president? Quite frankly, I don't really give a damn. I mean, I just really... I'm sorry, hey, did someone say my name over here? Frank, shut up. We're having a conversation. Seriously, people, just use a synonym. Let me help you. Honest, sincere, fine, genuine, decent. That's all I ask. Cassandra, your eyes are the bluest blue that I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, Simon, are you being frank with me right now? Oh, it, uh, yeah? Did someone say my name? No. I'll, I, I, God, God darn it. My name is Frank Jackson, and please just call me Tom. This message is brought to you by Oreos. Have you tried the red velvet flavor? Welcome back to Above the Fold podcast. Uh, we're here with Tony Tandeski. Talking about changes in career paths, and uh, so Tony, you were uh, you studied journalism, communication, yes, and then you were a TV producer for some time, not a short amount of time, uh, yeah, about seven years. Mm-hmm. And now you're a web developer. Uh, I'm curious to hear about well your your old jobs and what you did there, and then what made you change but let's just start from the beginning why did you want to be uh, a tv person a journalist oh man i figured you were gonna ask this one throwing uh, way back get the get the tissues out because <laughs> it all started with uh 9-11 really so, yes i 
remember when that happened and seeing the broadcasters on the air and I thought that I would want to be the person helping relay that information. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess I've always loved words and the power of words and their power to convey emotion and then images too. Mm -hmm. And I thought I want to be the person to, to write and to be part of that. And the one that run runs toward the scene when others are running away Mm -hmm. and to help people to safety and help people in general and tell stories. I've always been a storyteller. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, why don't I go into this? Yeah. So Um, you went to school for it, right? Yep. In high school, I got a little bit into newspaper and our journalism classes and then Drake, I just continued with it. Uh, they have a pretty good program there. Mm-hmm. Did some anchoring. I bet you could Google Tony Tandeschi on the anchor desk at Drake University, and I'm sure <laughs> be super thrilled. Get out you your find. phones right now. Tony Tandeschi at Drake University on the anchor desk. Yes. Hit go. Yeah. Uh, what did you? So, what did you think of journalism as you're going through school? I know as I learned more about it, my thoughts definitely changed. I mean, I had different views going in versus definitely when I go went out of it right what you know did you grow and change during college with as far as your thoughts toward journalism I think in college I was still pretty idealistic about the industry Mm -hmm. and uh you know good night and good luck came out during that time period the story of Edward R. Murrow Uh, I think George Clooney produced and directed Mm -hmm. that movie I haven't seen that it's a very good movie and it's in black and white right? it is Mm -hmm. yeah uh so I would recommend it if you haven't seen it but very idealistic about the industry and, and, you know, its ability to do great things, which it does have that ability to do. And so I don't think I changed a whole lot in college. Most of the change happened after college in the industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right out, right out of college, you went where? I went to sunny California. I uh, sort of applied everywhere. I think I sent out about 100 different resumes and applications as a reporter. So, oh, okay. Um, this California station, Redding, California, just two hours north of Sacramento, called me up and said, we don't need a reporter. And I was like, oh, well, thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said, but we could use a producer. Would you like to come and produce? So I said, sure. For, and for those of you that don't know, producers write a lot of what you hear on TV, what the anchors are saying, stack the show, sort of make it what it is, plan it out, and then execute it mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And so I went out to California, to Reading, and stayed there for two years as a producer the whole time and really uh, cut my teeth out there, mm-hmm. which it was a good station to do. It, they pretty much let us sort of make each show our own. I did the 6.30 and 11 o'clock news out there, so I had two shows a day, five days a week. It was really fun. I really cool. enjoyed it. Uh, seems like, from my perspective, producers have higher, I don't know if it's higher, but a high turnover rate. Uh, when I was job searching too, I kind of wanted to, thought about doing reporting and I had definitely had less experience in that, more experience in writing and seems like the, you know, producer job was way more available. Yes, definitely. Uh, I think they have, and I've always heard this, the ability to move up and around more. I think they're a more in-demand position, and so I think a lot of them, you know, put in their contract time, usually two to three years, and then sort of move up and move on. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, that is a very easy way to move up in the industry if you wanted to, mm-hmm. which is what I did. I spent two years out in California, I think to the day, 
and then moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, I wanted to get back to the Midwest, and Green Bay offered me a producer gig, so I was there for a couple years, and then they offered me the executive producer gig. Cool. Which I took and stayed there for another couple years. And it's more of a management role and overseeing the producers and stuff like that, and all very informative. Mm-hmm. But that's when the change happened. Mm-hmm. That's when yeah. the change. Yeah. Talk to us about that exact moment. The pivot. Take us the back. Pivot. Yes. So obviously you liked producing all the way. You even did it two years plus took another job. Yeah. At what point did you start feeling like this wasn't your lifelong career? Oh, well, probably two years in, um, I started thinking, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to, you know, keep moving around? I know you come fresh out of college and everything sounds so shiny and new and you're going to go to New York or L.A. and work the big time and everything like that. And then, you know, as I got older, I started thinking, do I really want to move to New York and, you know, pay $1,500 for a one-bedroom apartment that I share with five people? Do Mm -hmm. I want to move to L.A.? Do I want to settle down or do I want to move every two years? So that's when I started thinking about that. And then I started thinking about what I would do otherwise And so from there, I always sort of had an interest in the internet of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so I started taking some courses at the local tech school, as they call them, up in Wisconsin, and took some HTML and CSS, decided I really liked it, and kind of went from there using both online resources, different classes, different mentors, and sort of learning what I can. So then after a couple years of that, I was like, I think I'm ready to transition out of the industry. Mm -hmm. Nothing against the industry. It's just moving a little slow for things along digital and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, on the internet. So, yeah, it's been interesting seeing at least the local stations try to catch up and get, you know, with the the trends, I guess. Definitely. A lot of that is corporate mandated. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I remember being at KCCI in 2010, 2000, not yeah, 2010 when everyone was f- forced to have a Blackberry and mm-hmm. some of the older reporters were like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> yep. I don't. And they always had to send back, um, teases uh on blackberry video like they just had to look like handheld video and they would send those over blackberry's mail and it was always unreliable and stuff uh i see it very much as newspapers went through this maybe five to ten years ago mm -hmm. this sort of transition how do we optimize and you know make money off of digital when people go to see all their news online these days how do you still make money when you're not necessarily having the number of in-paper subscribers that you did before and now i see the television sort of side of news the broadcast side going through the same sort of transition where it's how do you monetize your online product how do you get just as many people on there how do you make money off of it Mm -hmm. and i think they're still sort of struggling and like you said, you do have company mandates. You have people within the stations that are a little hesitant and unwilling to embrace the new. Mm-hmm. And it sort of does hold it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like the glory days of, uh, you know, I'm thinking of Anchorman when everyone reveres the local Anchorman yes. because, you know, the TV news is the hottest, latest story and it's the most, you know, 
amazing technology are those days are long gone and it's kind of like they're hurting from that lack of importance <laughs> it's tough to <clears throat> continue doing your job but you still have to like tout yourself as the number one rated newscast and you know you don't newspapers don't do that really i mean no. it's all just a tv game that is still struggling to find its feet maybe and i think that's one thing that did sort of turn me off is at some point it does get more into how do you tease things how do you rope viewers in rather Mm -hmm. than the stories necessarily so how do we what story can we do that will bring the most viewers as opposed to what story will have the most impact or the most emotion for the viewers Mm -hmm. and I guess in the end that's why I got into the industry is to tell those stories and have an impact and I felt like I wasn't having as much of an impact so just transitioned the way I tell stories. Now I tell them through websites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how would you describe that now as a web developer? And are you? how do you tell stories through doing that? Do you feel through it's as fulfilling? Yes. Because um, I still see, I mean, the interaction with clients and stuff is great because they're all after, you know, their product. And the recent website we did, Grace Van Cleave, I mean, she it's her story in a mm-hmm. website. And so that's kind of cool to see that all come together and come full circle and go from sort of a concept or an idea to being an actual thing that is living and breathing out on the web, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is sort of its own version of storytelling. You might not necessarily have, you know, a beginning, middle, end sort of thing, but it is somebody's story out there. Mm -hmm. Same with businesses, companies. Most of the clients we work with too are, are good companies that, you know, want to tell their stories. They have good morals, good motivations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think working in the advertising industry, that's pretty much what you're doing the whole time is helping yes. a client and their brand tell their story through whatever uh, media, you know, they're asking for your help for. Right. So. Which I'm really all about. I love any sort of media. As Josh knows, I do video editing. Mm-hmm. I do newsletters. Um, so I have that sort of background and then telling stories through websites, pretty much any sort of media I'm into, which web is just another extension thereof. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy it. I really sometimes really miss just like putting together a feature story or just writing it something. I don't know. Yes. I feel like I could go out and interview a farmer and take a camera and put together some nice like three or four minute piece like a nat nat package or something and that would fulfill my need to edit video for a year. Yeah. I think that's something I should do sometime. Another one of your podcasts, was it Abby mm-hmm. that showed up and talked about writing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you should go listen to that one mm-hmm. first. I'll go back. If you haven't already. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what she said too applies. I mean just telling stories, whether it's through blog or, you know, making writing a hobby too is is always interesting. Like you don't necessarily have to do that story for any particular reason, but talking to the farmer would be fulfilling and, and kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always thought it would be cool to do documentaries, like for no real purpose, but just to get out there and yeah. sort of tell a story through a documentary mm-hmm. That'd be about fun. something completely random. Go to the smallest town you could find mm-hmm. and find out how people live, and there would be worth and meaning in that to just see how how things go yeah I dabbled a little bit in that actually my capstone in college was about documentaries and so I 
had to make a 10-minute documentary. And then I did an internship one summer before that um, at the University of Iowa, and I worked with a film producer, and he, what, that's what he did is he made documentaries. So it was a very interesting experience watching his process and what he was doing, and I don't know if he made a lot of money, but I think he had won a couple Emmys. And I guess that's worth it. Mm -hmm. What was your capstone about? It was about film and documentary. It was specifically about... It's a documentary about about documentaries? Oh, capstone meaning like the that's Like the final project I did as a senior in college. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, storytelling. We got really deep here, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Let's lighten things up. (laughs) Uh, Tony, you covered the caucuses in Iowa. I did. Uh... How was that? You were an intern for a large network. Yes, I uh, did the caucuses. I've actually been on the media side of the caucuses a couple different times. Once in college, I worked at uh, or for CBS, for CBS Evening News with Katie Couric at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, she's no longer with them. But uh, it was very interesting to see the behind the scenes and just how a network television crew comes and basically makes camp for a couple weeks does uh, all the analysis on the caucuses uh, and then sort of she was doing her broadcast from the state capitol building the library there which was very cool to see all of that come together and see how uh, basically they make tv magic yeah and um, yeah then I came back in what would that have been 2007 or 8 we came down from Green Bay to cover the caucuses uh, for our local television station up there. And so then again, I got to see sort of the excitement. We went to, oh, I think it was maybe even out in Adel or something, and uh, or Grimes. And we went to just a caucus site to see how it all went down and sort of documented the whole thing and saw how interesting and unique Iowa's caucus system is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I loved it. That's it. So you guys just as a local station in Green Bay sent some someone all the way to Iowa for the caucuses. A reporter, a photographer, and the producer, was which was me. A lot so. of people in your market do that, or just your station? I think it was just our station in the market. Uh, Milwaukee and Madison also sent crews down here. Interesting. Um, but I guess being a neighbor state, it mm. was of interest. I know some of our viewers questioned why we were going down there, but um, just seeing the process for Iowa and seeing where it all sort of kicks off and uh i mean even now there's governor scott walker of wisconsin is could be a presidential contender so in iowa last night he was Mm -hmm. uh so it's interesting it's of interest to wisconsin definitely um and i think that year was pretty close and wisconsin which is usually pretty blue became a swing state that year Mm. so it all sort of came full circle and uh the reason for us going to caucuses, I guess, was justified by the fact that it all sort of started in Iowa and came down to states like Wisconsin. So hmm. it's very cool to see that whole process unfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. If you haven't been to a caucus, I would highly recommend it, by Absolutely. the way. Yes. I went uh, to the last one, whatever that was. A few years ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. Four, a few years. four, probably? Yeah, four. Three and a half? If you do the, yeah. literally do the math. <laughs> Math is not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So, Tony, if someone um, is considering to change their career, what tips and advice would you have for that person? 
I would say I've always been a proponent of learning as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So if I could, I would be a lifelong student for one. Mm -hmm. So definitely jump in, try to learn as much as you can about what you're thinking about going into. Maybe if you're not sure, then explore a couple different paths. I think mentors are great. Talk, find somebody in the industry that will talk to you and tell you about their day to day. Um, and then maybe even, I know it would sound weird if you're, you know, 35 and looking for a career change, but even maybe do an internship or a job shadow to sort of get in there and see what it's like and if you would like getting into it. Mm-hmm. And then sort of, I mean, with the internet, it makes it so easy to sort of learn things these days, um, whether it is web development or even like to be a contractor or to be a writer, to do PR, to do advertising. I mean, there's so many different avenues out there where you can learn for free to just kind of get into that and then find out what that industry needs as far as uh, different education, certifications, stuff like that, and then kind of aim for that and go for it. Mm -hmm. Did you talk to a mentor when you were making the switch? Like, what was was the final, like, straw or what what was your... Turning point where you said, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna actually ch- change jobs now." I did actually find a mentor by accident. I was at a coffee shop, which anyone who knows me knows I love hanging out at coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And I randomly talked to the guy next to me, who was at the time a web developer for a couple different places in Green Bay. And he told me sort of about his job and what he does and what he did to get into it. Um, and he was very good as far as telling me to get just dig deeper and see if I like it and that he would help me along the way, which he did. Um, he's gone on to do good things working for WooCommerce now and he's mm, actually nice. writing a WooCommerce book. So, um, it's e- very e-commerce WordPress plugin. Everybody yeah. I've used it several yes. times. Uh, very his cool. name was Patrick Rowland and he is coming out with a book soon, I think in the next couple months. So I'm very interested for that, but he was a great mentor and, Uh, sort of guided me on my way and once he talked about sort of what he does he got me involved in the WordPress community there uh, WordPress meetups and I thought these are the type of people that I want to be around so I kind of went from there and sort of went for it Mm -hmm. which is sort of the hardest part I would I guess if you're asking for advice too is don't be afraid to take that leap and I mean it can be very scary to be to sit there and think I just spent my whole college career going right. after this one goal. Yeah, because if you s- start doing something else, I mean, you're not only just doing that, but you're investing your time, maybe money yeah. into it. And I mean, you're still paying off student loans, yeah. and then you're thinking about a career <laughs> switch, mm-hmm. which seems sort of counterintuitive. But in the end, if you're not happy with what you're doing, then just take the leap and, and go for it. Right. And nothing says you can't ever switch again. So yeah. mm-hmm. You took quite a leap by coming here. I mean, you moved cities and switched careers at the same time uh what is different about your life now like do you have um do you find yourself more or less stressed do you have different hobbies or things that you're doing now that you didn't have time to do before or is your daily routine different can i say everything is everything an answer everything about (laughs) my life is different really (laughs) i mean i was working second shift and on call a lot of weekends before on tv there's a lot of stress with it. Um, those who aren't in TV or haven't been in TV or are probably unfamiliar with just the amount of stress, but you, 
there's no such thing as a black hole when you tune on turn on the nightly news at six i mean mm-hmm. it's just impossible so you have to have something in that place and there's stress in what we're doing now but it's a very different kind of stress and the fact that i love it so much makes all the difference in the world mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and just everything else has changed too one of the big things that i wanted when i decided to switch careers is I wanted to volunteer and be involved in the community more, which I definitely am now. We're doing the WordPress meetups here in Des Moines. I helped start that group. Um, Josh does the Web Geeks group, mm-hmm. which I'm involved in. Uh, I volunteer for Make-A-Wish, so that's very cool. fulfilling. Um, and then just being involved in all sorts of different community activities that I never had the opportunity to be part of before. So yeah, I'd say my life has definitely done a, a 180 for the better. All right, cool. See, I am proof That's... that you take that leap <laughs> and it all turns out. Living proof. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Sitting across from me. I feel like I should write a motivational book you at should. this point. That's yeah. what I was going to say. You yeah, should write just a book. like at least a brochure or something. Yeah, brochure. You, know? <laughs> you can hand small. them out on the street. Yeah. <laughs> There's a printer in here, I think. Yeah, so. somewhere. You just use the company printer for motivational brochures. Why is Tony printing so many pages recently? <laughs> <laughs> Have you read my brochure? Mo- it, motivational <laughs> brochures are the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If people want to find you or read about you or uh, give you money, where could they do that on the internet? Where can you do that? You can follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, at Tony Tandesky. Um, I do have a website, TonyTandesky.com. Do you sense a theme here? Mm-hmm. Uh, my email, Tony.Tandesky at oh, Gmail. Dicey. Uh, yeah. Feel free, out, so. feel free to connect with me at any of those. Mm-hmm. Can you have dots on Twitter handles? I don't I don't think no. so. No. I don't yeah. think that's allowed. I don't Just think special characters. Maybe Twitter is listening and we'll add that. Mm-hmm. Do you they think, probably are. Send yeah. a tweet out and ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks free. for giving us your thoughts today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was a real hoot. It was. I especially like those animal noises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to slip in something. To make Gotta people giggle. Keep it lively. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. we hit some some serious notes today, but I hope everybody took notes on those notes and filed them in the appropriate file cabinet. Or notebook. Thank you. Noted. Thank you. Uh, okay. That's uh, going to do it for us today on Above the Fold podcast. Stay above the fold. <laughs>